never miss an episode of Pull Up a Chair, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast. Follow us on Spotify and Anchor. Follow us on Instagram at pullupachair.podcast and like us on Facebook at Pull Up a Chair with Ashley Mayer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pull Up a Chair. Instead of diving into the current events of politics today, I wanted to touch on something that is extremely important to me, something that I am a huge advocate for, my favorite amendment in the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment. My goal with this episode is to inform those who don't know much about the First Amendment or to introduce different aspects of the First Amendment Whether you're a proponent of the First Amendment or if you believe hate speech should be monitored by the government, I really hope that this episode allows you to rethink what you thought you knew about the First Amendment. Oftentimes in politics, you're asked what's your number one political issue or what's a topic you feel strongly about. And for me, I always say the First Amendment because the First Amendment provides Americans with protections and and it really covers the bases of the means in which we can advocate for those issues we feel strongly about. Ultimately, the First Amendment allows Americans to live in a free society without the government's intervention. And just to go into the text of the First Amendment, it says, quote, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peacefully to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. So in the First Amendment, there are five freedoms that are outlined and those five freedoms are speech, press, religion, assembly, and petition. These are, and the First Amendment is is kind of the means of which we are allowed to express ourselves to air our grievances with the government or our government institutions. And to kind of go into the specifics of those five freedoms, speech is literally just using your voice to become an advocate for change. And then for the press, it's where news outlets or journalists are able to report, write, and broadcast current events or issues they feel strongly about. about. Press is one way government is held accountable because press reaches the masses and also provides information on current events and our government is always directly answering to the press i mean if you think about it the president of the united states has a press secretary and that press secretary directly speaks to news outlets and It's a place where news outlets can ask questions to the president of the United States. Now, going into religion, in the United States, you're able to practice whatever religion you want. And there's no blanket religion in the United States. Assembly is just coming together, protesting issues that you may feel strongly about. 
and petition is collecting signatures pretty much to show that people stand behind a certain cause. Often these five freedoms outlined in the First Amendment are grouped as the freedoms of expression, but speech is usually cited as the most important expression in the First Amendment because its purpose is to ensure a minority's and I'm saying minority in the ideological sense so that a minority's voice is able to be heard. If you look into why our constitution is laid out the way that it is, it's because the founders feared the tyranny of the majority. They feared a society in which everyone thinks the same, and, and they feared that there wouldn't be an avenue for different thought to go against that majority thought. Speech protects against that because it allows Americans to air their grievances about the wrongdoings of our institution. And this is so the government can't censor Americans and also so they can't dictate what they can and they as in Americans can and cannot do to express themselves. One thing I want to make absolutely clear is that being a proponent of the first amendment means being a proponent of someone's right to say even the most egregious of things being a proponent for the first amendment means supporting somebody's right to express their beliefs not because you necessarily agree with their beliefs but because you agree with that person's right to express them I want to start off going into some court cases by looking at Texas v. Johnson. And this is when Gregory Lee Johnson burned the American flag in front of the Dallas City Hall in 1989 to protest President Ronald Reagan's administration. Ultimately, after burning the flag, Johnson was convicted for flag des desecration by the state of Texas, and this case went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court overturned Johnson's conviction in Texas because Johnson's right to burn the flag was protected under the First Amendment. And my uh, one reason why I find this case so intriguing is because Supreme Court Justice William Brennan in his opinion during the court case he said quote if there's a bedrock principle underlying the first amendment it's that the government may not prohibit the expression of an idea simply because society finds the idea itself offensive or disagreeable and I really want you to think about that quote and I'm going to read it again because it's amazing quote if there is a bedrock principle underlying the first amendment it is that the government may not prohibit the expression of an idea simply because society finds the idea itself offensive or disagreeable and notice in that quote that the key idea is that the government isn't allowed to prohibit someone's right to expression because they view it as offensive or disagreeable.
And that's really why the court plays such an important role in the First Amendment because the court is objective. And if we allowed the First Amendment to be something that is subjective, then everything would ultimately become offensive or disagreeable because something that is offensive or disagreeable to me may not be this this something that is offensive or disagreeable to you and so I really want you to ask yourself these questions because there are a lot of Americans who agree that somebody's that somebody can burn the American flag and and that's opinion wise and there are people who disagree with someone burning the American flag and so I have two questions I want you to ask yourself do you support Gregory Johnson's first amendment right to burn the American flag yes or no do you think speech that is deemed offensive or disagreeable should be banned by the government Yes or no? According to the Cato Institute, 53% of Republicans favor stripping U.S. citizenship from people who burn the American flag. And that's subjective. That's something that Republicans are often more pro-free speech than Democrats are and but it's weird here because 53% of Republicans think that you should get your citizenship stripped away from you for burning the American flag but Texas v. Johnson sets an incredible First Amendment precedent in that the government should is not able to ban something that is offensive or disagreeable and so think about those two questions and and I want you to think about those two questions throughout the rest of this episode because recently there has been a uptick in talking about hate speech and banning hate speech and Usually those who are proponents for hate, for banning hate speech are liberal leaning or are left of center. And Cam- the Cambridge Dictionary defines hate speech as public speech that expresses hate or encourages violence towards a person or group based on something such as race, religion, sex, or sexual orientation. According to the Cato Institute, 40% of Americans want the government to prevent hate speech. 59% believe the government should allow hate speech, but 79% of Americans believe hate speech is unacceptable. 40% of Americans wanting the government to monitor or ban speech is a lot of people. And those people perhaps want to ban hate speech because they deem it as offensive or disagreeable. But going back to Texas v. Johnson and 
Supreme Court Justice William Brennan's opinion is that it doesn't matter because the government's role is not to ban something that is offensive or disagreeable. And that's not to say that just because Americans don't want hate speech bans doesn't mean that they favor it. 79% of Americans believe that it's unacceptable. They believe that it is wrong. But just because they believe that hate speech is wrong doesn't mean that they want government intervention in it. 53% of Americans say hate speech is an act of violence. And that's where things get tricky because it, it it's subjective again. Because if you think that some sort of speech is violence, but somebody else doesn't, where does that lie? And so there are two Supreme Court rulings that are set precedent for one another and they both involve what some may say is hate speech. So in Bradenburg versus Ohio, in 1964, Clarence Bradenburg, who was a KKK member, held a rally in Ohio and obviously at the KKK rally, the speech was disgusting It was hateful towards black Americans and Jewish people kind of advocating for genocide against them, which is absolutely despicable. And so Clarence Bradenburg was ultimately arrested for inciting violence with his speech. But the case went all the way up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ruled that he was protected under the First Amendment because he didn't incite violence or incite future violence. It was more so fantasy than than actual incitement is what the Supreme Court said. And. I'm assuming that this was a very hard case for the Supreme Court to rule on because not many Americans believe in that just disgusting rhetoric. But ultimately, the Supreme Court were proponents for the First Amendment in saying, perhaps we don't agree with what he said, but we agree that he had a right to say it and we we do not agree that it was inciting violence. So now with the second Supreme Court ruling that I'm about to explain, I want you to think about the idea that the best way to go against bad speech is to have more speech. And the idea that free speech ultimately finds truth and 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 just think about how free speech being upheld no matter what the case is sets a precedent for the good speech that comes in the future so this next case is the NAACP versus Claiborne hardware and 
1968, Charles Evers, who was a civil rights leader, called for a boycott of white businesses after a police shooting in which their calls for dismantling the police department were went unheard. And this was in Port Gibson, Mississippi. So during a speech that Evers made, he said, quote, if we catch any of you going into these racist stores, we're going to break your damn neck. And because of the boycotts against white businesses, the businesses ultimately sued Evers for lost damages due to their loss of business. And because Evers said, we're going to break your damn neck. Evers was accused of inciting violence because black Americans who chose to continue to shop at those white-owned businesses were targeted. And this case went all the way up to the Supreme Court on the grounds of the First Amendment. But the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Evers because they cited the Bradenburg versus Ohio case as precedent in this rule. And so they literally used a court case of the First Amendment because this man was saying awful things about black Americans and Jewish people. They used that same case to then rule in the same favor of a black man calling for justice and change in his community. And so I really love that the NAACP versus Claiborne Hardware and Bradenburg versus Ohio, I really love that they were used kind of for each other because it's the greatest example of speech being objective and speech being something that is upheld equally for all Americans and that just because you don't believe with Clarence Bradenburg's right to say or or if you don't believe with what he, if you don't agree with what he said that doesn't mean you should try to take away his right to say those things and because he said those things and because that court precedent was set in that case it then made it to where a black man who advocated for change in his community but then got arrested for speech was able to was he was able to reiterate his right because of that and in a free society there is free speech and free speech brings new ideas free speech brings about change and and you can also condemn bad ideas with free speech when Americans are focused on banning hate speech and when Americans are focused on making speech something subjective, it takes away from the preciousness of the First Amendment and it takes away from this very important amendment that that really protects every single American and it protects 
their right to air grievances. And if you look at society today and you look at how citizens and our institutions are not really going together and how American citizens are fed up with government right now and how they are using the means of speech, press, religion, assembly, and petition to hold our government accountable is really awesome to watch because the First Amendment was written hundreds of years ago, but it still lives boldly within our society today. It still allows us to present new good ideas and it allows us to condemn bad ideas. And when you when you focus on hate speech versus an American's right to freely express themselves, you're coddling your mind to only take in speech that you agree with. And you're not giving room to, to speech that challenges you and, and challenges your views. And if you feel like your view is the majority view in America... The freedom of, of expression and the freedom of speech and press and assembly and petition and religion, it, it gives you a way to listen to that differing opinion and it allows you to challenge yourself so that you grow and that you are able to form new, better ideas and that you're able to work with people that you disagree with to find common ground and and really to form a more perfect union in America. Free expression is solved with free expression. And when you lock out things that you disagree with, or you are not a proponent of someone's right to disagree. That is where we fail as a free society. That is how America crumbles. Because we were made, our country was founded on the idea of freedom of thought. And the idea that you can think differently and you should think differently. Our founders wanted us to think differently because they knew it would make for a better society. And it would and they knew that it would hold government accountable and that government will never have the amount of power over a citizen to take away those freedoms. And so I hope that if you are a proponent of the First Amendment and you claim to be, you understand that the same right that gives an American the right to burn the American flag is the same right that gives an American the right to 
go to a KKK march. As disgusting as you may think a KKK march is or as disgusting as you think burning the American flag is, one thing stands and that is somebody's right to do it. And looking at the Bradenburg versus Ohio and the NAACP versus Claiborne Hardware, really, it it explains it best in that one upholding one idea and upholding somebody's right to express themselves sets the same precedent that allows somebody's right to express themselves no matter what cause they get behind and so next time you feel like you're condemning expression understand that you can condemn that with more speech but the last thing that you will ever do or that you should ever do is try to take that speech away from that person I could talk about the First Amendment for hours, but I really feel like that sums it up. And I hope that you continue to uphold the First Amendment and you continue to express your First Amendment because it's a beautiful thing and it works in our institutions so well. So that's all I have for today. Thank you so much. And... I love the First Amendment so much. Never miss an episode of Pull Up a Chair. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast. Follow us on Spotify and Anchor. Follow us on Instagram at pullupachair.podcast and like us on Facebook at Pull Up a Chair with Ashley Mayer.